the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Sue Freeze coming to you from my social distance office during the COVID-19 situation, running our essential services to our customers. While we're being encouraged to keep our distance, I'll be staying away from our studios so I can do my part in keeping others and myself free from exposure. So I've handpicked some of my favorite programs to share with you during the weeks ahead. I've enjoyed hearing them again, and I'm sure you will too. Stay safe, stay well, and stay with God. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm so thankful, so grateful to be with you today. And I don't know about your week, but if you do an assessment of your week and you think about, okay, Lord, what are the lessons that I've learned this week? What would come to mind? And I know each one of you would have something else that would would come to mind. And for me, I've been dealing with things that are very different than the norm. Yesterday, um, I had one of my, my employees, one of my longest employees who's been with me a very long time, excellent employee, and uh, we got a phone call that he was going up in the attic and he got bit by a scorpion. Now... What's interesting about that is, you know, I used to go to the river a lot in Arizona and scorpions were the thing there. But I've been in this industry 39 years in California, and it's the first time in 39 years I've ever had any employee get stung by a scorpion. So obviously we took uh, quite a lot of caution and, you know, we're I was very nervous because what I heard was, so-and-so, I don't want to say a name, but but he got bit by a scorpion and he's throwing up. And I'm immediately going, okay, where is he? What's going on? What are we doing? And uh, I called 911 and they held me on the line. We were trying to get a hold of him. He was in Malibu and a reception's not the greatest in Malibu, so we couldn't reach him. So then we have a tracking device on the truck for E. coli. And we were seeing that he was moving. So we call the customer and it just kept going. But he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Thank you, God. He's fine. Uh, you know, but that was kind of scary and something different for uh, this week. <laughs> wow. Uh, another thing that's happened is just not knowing, you know, when you when as an employer, um, you know, we need to ask questions, but sometimes the law states we can't ask questions. And the law has protection over people about their privacy. Now, the thing with that is, is that E. coli and a lot of service providers out there, any service provider that you would hire, uh, if they are driving to you, then you are putting an employee in a vehicle and you check their driving record and make sure that they don't have any offenses and that they're a good driver. 
and you make sure that they don't have anything against them that would cause there to be concern about the safety of anyone, the company, the employee, customers, anyone on the street. So there is a fine line, isn't there, between privacy issues and the safety and the security of people, for instance, me, who's an employer, who's hiring. It's like, we can't ask that. We can't ask that. We can't ask that. And they don't have to tell you. They don't have to tell you what the situation is. So therefore, you have this not lie, but this not complete truth. When you're hiring somebody, you don't know what you're dealing with. You don't know what you're hiring half the time. And no matter how due diligent you are, you still face the question or the concern of what is going on. Now, with Ecola, we do the fingerprinting. We, we, we take a lot of precaution. But still, there's things that could come up. And I'm saying that because I'm wondering if we need to reevaluate if the government and the lawmakers that are protecting, they're, they're supposed to protect us. Maybe there needs to be some change or revisiting certain things when it comes to employer-employee issues. Just a thought. Because my job as an employer is to make sure everybody's safe. My responsibility, and it's a heavy one, is to make sure that everyone is safe. That, you know, we're going to get through the day and we're going to do what we're hired to do and then we go home to our families and call it good. That's what we want out of every single day. So when you're hiring somebody, the employment practice of hiring, just all these things that come up, I'm just like going, wow, a lot of the times the employer's hands are tied because, oh, we used to be able to ask that. Now we can't ask that. And, oh, we used to be able to. Now we can't. And so I'm just thinking that maybe we should revisit. Just saying. Don't know if there's anybody that has the power to even bring this up. I just thought I would bring it up because it's something that's really close to home at the moment. Okay. So this week, and thank you for joining in on the Sue Free Show, but this week we're going to be talking because it's uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And we don't know when we're talking to somebody, when we're next to somebody, when we're driving next to somebody and we get upset and cut somebody off or they cut us off. We have no idea the state of mind, or what they're going through at the moment, do we? Well, I don't. I'm not a mind reader. You might be, but I'm not. And so I'm just saying that, you know, we are called to be kind. We're called to be gentle. But we're also supposed to be aware. We're supposed to be, um, you know, paying attention. We're called to pay attention. We're called to to be aware. And I'm just going to ask you right now, do you feel that you're giving gentle and kind Uh, responses and body language. Are you aware in any given situation that things could be a whole lot worse than what you might be imagining? We have to be paying attention. Just think about it. You know, the shootings that have gone on and, and the state of mind that people are in and what's going on and could it have been prevented? If there was an interaction, if there was somebody that took more um, time energy, just paid attention just a little more. Could that have not happened? Could it have been stopped or not even thought of if something would have been done different 
leading up to whatever that event was. And looking forward, you know, we only have right now, but looking forward from right now till future, you don't know what you don't know. And what you don't know can hurt you and others. So I'm, I'm asking you, listener, to caution yourself on your response. I know me, I'm, I'm kind of a bold personality, kind of. I'm a bold personality and I say what's on my mind. I try to do it with kindness, but sometimes people have said, you know, Sue, you could have like sugarcoated that a little bit. And maybe I could have, but I let people know that anybody that's doing business with me, anybody that's uh, involved with me, I let them know that I'm just a straight shooter. I, I talk straight. I, I don't beat around the bush. You don't have to guess with me. I'm just straightforward. And sometimes people can't handle that. But I have been in a family unit that was dysfunctional to where we didn't really address the elephant in the room. And I, t- and I promised myself that I wasn't going to do that. I wanted to address whatever the situation was. And the sooner we deal with things, the better off everybody is. And is it pleasant? Heck no. It's not pleasant to have those tough conversations. It really isn't. But how many times have you avoided or waited? And then when you finally get the courage or you find the time or make the time and then you go for it and you get it out on the table, how many times do you say, gosh, why did I wait so long to get this out? Why did I wait so long? Somebody needed to hear that. Was it you? Because we shouldn't wait. We need to talk. But we need to, you know, obviously we need to have the right timing. You need to make sure people have slept and people are fed. You don't want to address things when people are not in the right state of mind, at least to the level of what you know of being the right state of mind, right? So if you're tuning in right now, just thank you so much for tuning in. And you're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5, or it could be San Diego on K-Praise, or it could be KDAR, the word, or it could be KUHL, or it could be so many other places, or it could be a podcast that you can listen at your leisure anytime you want. I love that. And how do you do that? You go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. So that was a huge introduction to what has been prepared for you today. And you might think, I don't have any need for this. I don't have any need to know more about this. I bet you do. And I bet there's a golden nugget in here if you search and if you think and if you listen that you're going to find something in here that's going to help you be a better person, be a blessing to someone, something. All right? It's not a real fun topic, but it's a definite need topic. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with that. Okay, so Mental Health Awareness Month. Millions of Americans quietly battle mental health issues each year. Mental Health Awareness Month aims to destigmatize this condition by encouraging open conversations as well as developing and implementing effective methods of treatment. Did you know that one in five Americans has experienced some form of mental illness with one in 25 experiencing serious mental illness, such as bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Suicide accounts for over 800,000 deaths globally each year, with over 41,000 in the U.S. alone. It is the second leading cause of death worldwide for 15 to 29-year-olds. Now, that was shocking to me, 15 to 29-year-olds. 
the rate of mental health disorders doubles for those who have been to war or lived through a major disaster. Think about that. I've had people on other shows talk about that, how they felt like um, they didn't want to talk about it because they were afraid to talk about it. And so they have this secret or this alone area, which we'll get into more. But um, how many of you have felt like you're holding on to something that you feel like you can't talk about? And how many of you feel so alone? You feel like there's nobody out there that could experience or feel what you're feeling right now. I felt that. I felt that in my life. Have you? Are you there now? People with mental health issue are generally nonviolent. In fact, only 3 to 5% of violent acts can be attributed to people with a serious mental illness. Many factors can lead to mental illness, including genetics, physical illness or injury, and traumatic life experiences. Many people do not seek treatment for mental illness due to the associated stigma. Only 44% of adults with diagnosable mental illnesses receive treatment. 50.5% of adults in the U.S. who have had a problem with substance abuse also suffer from mental illness. Does that open anyone's eyes? I mean, to me, these, these facts and these figures are staggering. They are um, sad. It's sad. And the sadness isn't that they have it as much as it's going undiagnosed or untreated. And people are living with this when there might be something that could cause them to feel more of a normalcy, whatever that means. And that's sad. It's just sad that anybody has to go through life feeling not normal or like they have something wrong sad to me. Chronic pain, healing tears, and the joy coming. Psalm 667 in the NIV, I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I fled my bed with weeping and drenched my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Can you relate to that? Can you look back at some time in your life when you could relate to that, but you've got to the other side or you've gotten to a new rainbow or something good has happened to where you feel different or maybe you seeked help and you got it? We believe in miracles because we believe in God. Dictionaries define miracles as surprising and welcome events that are not explicable by natural or scientific laws. Persons of faith happily attribute these to the goodness and mercy of God. Nevertheless, some of us who believe do live with chronic medical and psychiatric health issues, often including chronic pain. Such co-occurrence can become overwhelming. I have often been reinvigorated by observing the courage of others who endure trials and testing. I want to emulate those who choose a pathway through that matures character. We are inspired by those who hope on in faith, even when the going is tough. Honest groaning and gratitude attitude. We do groan and we do weep, sometimes profusely. Why? Because in the darkness of our painful midnights, 
it just hurts. I believe that God desires to meet us in our groanings and our tears. I know that he's met me personally in my groanings and in my tears. When I felt so helpless and so hopeless, like there, I didn't know how I was going to get up the next morning. But God met me right where I was. And he got me through that night to the next morning. And the sun came up and the birds were chirping and a new day begins. So those of you that are feeling like it's not worth another day, please think again and understand that there is help and there is hope. There is. It does no good to fake it. In Romans 8.26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We need not fear nor be ashamed of times when we find ourselves lamenting in anguish. Psalm 56.8, record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? It is my desire to be an encouragement to persevering fellow travelers. I have discovered that it is important to daily find meaning, purpose, and significance, even during times of pain, especially during times of pain. It is equally important to cultivate and maintain an attitude of gratitude in order to find and to keep joy. So there, there's, there's, there's a little tidbit of advice or encouragement there is that when you're down and out, when you're in your lowest of lows, think about something that you're thankful for. Because when we look, we find. And you will find that there is something that you can be grateful and thankful for. Just look around you. You know, you think you have it bad. And you probably do have it bad. But you know what? There's somebody out there that has it even worse. So let's look at what's good. Let's focus on that. And if you need help, get it. Ask for it. Don't just endure. That's not the answer. Joy is a song of hope and reassurance. Joy is not a party emotion. Rather, joy is hope. Singing it's, hold on, my child. Faith song in the middle of the dark night. Joy is also hope singing its faith song during the daylight moments to reprieve, release, and healing recovery. This is the hope embracing lifestyle, choice of those who choose to live. Second Corinthians 6.10 Sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Okay, we could stay on that one verse for an entire hour. We so could, but I'm not going to because I like to get as much out of every minute I can. So please write this down, 2 Corinthians 6.10. And I want you to go back and I want you to read it and think about it. Take some time there. While healing found in tears may be but a temporary relief, these healings, nevertheless, are reoccurring assurances that one day God will wipe away all tears in that day. Revelation 21.4 He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. 
for the old order of things has passed away. That's so good. So I have a blog here by uh, Julie Brooks, and it's five ways to open the door to hope. Would you like to know what the five ways are? I do. Here we go. Will you and I become an opener of doors for those who are struggling in silence with mental illness? Throughout our day, will we be intentional in prayers to our Lord to give us opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others? We can open doors to hope with just a smile, an introduction, perhaps extend our hand, our time, and our hearts. Here are five ways you can open the door to hope today. Number one, open the door, literally. Just open the door. Invite them to lunch. Open the door to your home or meet them somewhere for coffee or ice cream, or both if you dare. Help them feel pampered, valued, included. Whether anxiety, depression, the noise of ruminating thoughts, perhaps the best method of encouragement is to stop by and just get them out of the house for a while. Your willingness to spend time with and for them will become an uplifting gift of encouragement and experience for them and also you. All right. So the next thing is get things moving. That's number two. Sometimes mental illness can be so debilitating that the individual seems to become frozen in time, just plain fearful of doing life itself. This is where you and I become door openers of assistance. We can offer to run an errand, pick up some groceries, take or pick up children from school, help them with cleaning, sometimes sharing these responsibilities with them. Rather than doing it all for them, it's just the right key to opening the doors. Now, I don't want to just hold this to anybody that you think might have mental illness. It could be somebody that just needs some help, needs a friend. Okay, we don't have to just have this for this situation. It's for all situations. We are called to be a blessing to someone at least one each day. I mean, we could do more than that. If you want to do more than that, more power to you. I hope you do. But we are called to be a blessing. And how do you do that? By what this is describing right now, just look for opportunities to serve. Look for opportunities to be present. Give people a present with your presence. I love that. Number three, say me too. What does that mean? I suffer. This is uh, this lady, uh, Emerson. She's saying, I suffer with obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety, and depression, all treated with medication. I am transparent about my illnesses, freely allowing others to see and know a real face of mental illness. It helps to be an empathetic door opener and to let others know they are not alone. It can help those that know me to hopefully think differently about mental illness. I choose to open this door for others to see. If you suffer as I do, you can open doors with me. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. 
When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to suefreeze.com. That's suefries.com. suefreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. Um, we um, are looking for sponsors. I think I have one sponsor, but we're looking for one more if you'd like to join in. And listen, I can help you. And because we're syndicated, go all up and down uh, the southern and central state of California, if you have a service area that only is in one county, we can still help. So give me a call. Connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. And I can talk with you about the possibilities of advertising on the radio, which can be expensive. But if you want to test the market, a great place to do that would be with me. So I can give you a shot at this. We can see if this would work for you. And if so, then I would transfer you over to my rep, Craig. And he is so good. And he will take really good care of you. So just know that. All right. And we'll take care of you. All right, so moving right along on the subject matter, which is uh, being aware of mental illness. We're being aware of mental illness. And I said at the very beginning that, you know, even if that's not the situation at the moment, just being there and being near, being a servant is a good thing no matter what the situation is. So number four is grieve. I have decided to grieve when I want to grieve. I choose to open my door to grieve. And allow the Lord to use my tears to release the pain. You know, there's such freedom in that because so many times in my past, I remember, oh, I don't want to cry about this. What good is it going to do anyway? That was what I would say to myself. It's like, it's not going to do any good to cry. I mean, big deal. Who cares, right? But you know what? Those tears are tears of healing. And sometimes you need to let this out in order to receive what God has for you. Sometimes it's just good to, to get it out so you can start fresh. So don't hold back. If you need to cry, even if it's right now, if you need to cry, do yourself a favor and allow yourself to do just that. You know, go in the bathroom, go in your bedroom, go in your car, find a place. 
that you can just wail, you know, and just let it out. Let it all out. You will feel so much better. I, I know you will. So give yourself the freedom to cry, to let those tears just flow. So number five is be ready. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go back and refresh. One is open the door, literally open the door. Number two is get things moving. Number three is say, me too. I know what you're feeling. I, I, I know. Okay. And if you've gone through anything, um, it's amazing how just being intimate and being real uh, is, is really good because other people think, oh, how could she know what I'm going through? You know, she's got her act together. Her life is great. You know, look at her. Just look at her. But the truth is, is that we've all been through things. And when we go through things and we get to the other side, it is very encouraging to those that are in it now. And so we want to be there and be ready to help those people through the times. So that was number five. If you know someone that has lost a loved one to suicide, what will you do? Here's some things that can help. Okay, now I want you to understand I've done two shows on this and I have people that are close to me, people that are in my dance community that you think that they are the happiest person on earth. And all of a sudden you find out through Facebook or some other way that the person committed suicide and you're going, what? And, and such a shock comes over because you're thinking that girl never stopped smiling. She was smiling all the time. She had the world by the tail. I still don't know all the details and I probably never will. Maybe in heaven. I don't know. But it's um, a tough situation, right? And we don't know. We don't know what someone's going through. We don't know. So what are we called to do? You know, pay attention. Yes, I thought I did, but I didn't get this one. And, uh, you know, be there for an ear. Just be there. If it just happened, they may just want your presence. No words, just the comfort of knowing you are there for them. Now, that's in any death situation. That's not just if somebody commits suicide. When somebody dies and you're with a loved one that's left behind, it's hardest for those that are left behind. And sometimes we don't need to say anything. And that's the hardest part is like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I want to be with that person, but I don't know what to say. Then guess what? Don't say anything. You know, give them a hug. Say, I'm here for you. You could say that. But you don't really have to give advice. You don't have to say anything. Just being there is, is saying a whole lot. If you are outside the immediate caregiver relationship, make yourself available to them in three to four weeks after the death. This is when the reality of the loss for many begins to set in. Please don't be afraid to talk and ask about their loved one. Mention their name, even if they cry in response. The shedding of tears is not only an emotional event. It is a biological event with the brain releasing necessary healing chemicals into the vast matrix of the brain. God invented tears, so I think he's okay with crying whenever and wherever we may need to cry. It is a blessing to be a door opener to those who are struggling in silence with mental illness. Once they know your door is always open, they won't feel as alone. Neither will you. They are an unrepeatable miracle of the Lord, just as all of us are. So I'm going to, I'm going to reach out right now and say that for those that are listening that are, this is really hitting totally right right there with you if it's just right there and this is you and you are alone and you need someone to talk to or you need you need something 
reach out. Reach out to me. If you if you don't have someone, if you just want to just reach out. Reach out and I can listen. Um, you know, I just want to be there. So reach out. It is a blessing to be a door opener to those who are struggling in silence with mental illness. Once they know your door is always open, they won't feel as alone. So each one of you that is not facing something but in the past has faced something, be the door that will open. Be there for somebody. The comfort comfort from within. Our comfort in Christ is from within because he said, I will be in you, John fourteen twenty. We can rest knowing he is within, moved with compassion through everything that leaves us, distressed and dispirited, even when life doesn't turn out like we hoped. Why? In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talked about a lot of pain, which can make anyone discouraged, distressed, and dispirited. But he talked about it from the context of having a treasure within, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Paul knew that he would still experience the human condition and its pains. However, now with a new source of strength, grace. Grace is sufficient for me. Is grace sufficient for you? A treasure within that would be of a surpassing greatness of power, providing comfort and resilience for every pressure he faced. He wasn't left to his own willpower to say, I'm fine. Second Corinthians 4, 8. So with the powerful treasure of comfort, compassion, and a resilient love, Paul continues to validate the pains he and we feel. We are afflicted, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have felt both afflicted and crushed, perplexed and despairing. Yet, what Paul was saying is that as humans, we will have afflictions, but this treasure within won't leave us crushed. We will be perplexed with confusion or even doubt. But this new source of treasure within won't leave us in despair. The treasure within is Christ within us for every life, harassment, and feeling of helplessness, God validates our human condition, our pain, and gives us new source, a treasure within, with surpassing greatness of power for comfort, resilience, and hope. Comfort is always affirmation that we belong. Think back of when you were feeling alone and feeling like you didn't belong. What happened that made you change or feel differently? I bet it's comfort. Somebody comforted you. Now, some of you are finding your comfort some other ways. Maybe food. I don't know. Maybe chocolate. I don't know. But comfort is always affirmation that we belong. So affirmation is both stating in fact and offering support and encouragement. Mental health stressors like depression and anxiety naturally lead us to doubt our identity, worth, God's nearness, or even our security with him. I'm not good enough. How many of you have heard that in your, in your mind? I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Just a side note is I used to hear that all the time. I felt that decisions that I had made in my past caused the Lord not to look at me and not think of me as being valuable. And it took so much and so many people to intervene in my life to let me see who I was through God's eyes. Could that be your situation right now where you're needing to see you 
through God's eyes. If it is, I'm going to recommend something to you that might help. It's helped many. Is if you go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries when we're dot com, you can push on the I am button. And the I am button is free for you to download three pages of scriptures that God is saying who you are in him, how he sees you. And it gives you courage. It gives you power. It gives you a feeling of refreshment and renewing. And uh, I hope that, you know, when we're, when we're in a situation where the only way to look is up, we need to be looking up. Not down because we're shamed, but we need to be looking up because the Lord, God, gave his only son to die for our sins. So no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God says, I still love you. You are my child. And I want to embrace you and have you in my kingdom and in my family. And he wants you to be with him. You are good enough. And you are worthy because God says you are. Not because of anything you've done or not done, but because of who he is and that he created you. It takes a lot of the pressure off. Now, do you continue to do the things that you know are not good for you and not good for others? No. But he will give you the courage. He will give you the strength to change. I have people that tell me, oh, I need to get this right. I need to stop doing this I need to, before I can receive the Lord. And I'm like, no, you don't. You, you make the decision right now. You make that choice to follow the Lord. And he will give you the strength and the courage and the not wanting to do that anymore. It, it just becomes something you don't want anymore. It's pretty amazing how that happens. But it does happen. So do you know what the best comfort for this is? The supportive presence of others with very few words, even silence. Why? Because presence reaffirms belonging. It reaffirms we're loved no matter what, not based on what we have to do to earn it. So presence, and that's spelled P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. And that's why I say give the present with a T of your presence because that's where it is, and in this time and age, and I'm guilty as charged, the texting versus the voice, hearing the voice, I'm, that's my worst, and I, I really am aware of it. Identifying is the first part. Okay, you identify, and then you, you make changes. But we've got so much into not being connected in a manner of being present and not vocally, like hearing audibly a voice, but, you know, just reading a word, which can have dual meaning, and people can take it the wrong way. So, sometimes God may seem silent, because maybe he's just reaffirming he's present without trying to explain away our pain. Hmm? Yep. Psalm thirty-four, eighteen: comfort is knowing, ultimately, we belong to him. Do you? Do you really know that you belong to him? There's comfort in that. And there's courage in that. And there's enduring. We can endure when we know he's with us. We can do more with him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a scripture that just came into my head. And I have to remind myself of that because it's not me. It's him through me. People say, oh, you think you're, no, I don't. I think God's doing it through me because we have to be an open vessel to be used for his glory. And there's a different mindset there. So, uh, you know, you just have to think about your belief system and what are you believing? Are you believing that I'm not good enough? 
Are you believing that you are good enough and that you can do whatever God has positioned or created you to do? When I look at my life and I'm thinking about what I am doing now, I mean, if you would have said that I would be doing these things, I would have said, really? I mean, I I wouldn't have in a million years thought that the direction I'm in right now, killing bugs. I mean, I never in a million years would have thought I would be doing that. Being on a radio show, I, I didn't really picture that. But... God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do. I want to be where you want me to be. I want, I want to do what you created me to, to do. And I want to live out the purpose that you created for me. And that should be your prayer too for you. Is that understanding that you are his and that he created you and that he has a specific purpose for you. It's so important that you know that. So no matter what you're going through, whether it's mental health illness, you know, death, whatever it is. Just understand God's there for you. He's there, and he might be quiet. He might be silent right now. But sometimes we have to be very quiet and be still and know that he is God. We have to be still. That's probably the hardest thing in the world for Sufris is to be still. I'm serious. I mean, it's just really hard for me to be still because I want to go, go, go. But it's in the stillness. It's in the stillness that I sense his presence the most. And I want that for you, and he wants that for you. He wants that relationship, that that personal relationship between you and him. And no matter what you're facing, he wants to be there with you and see you through it. And here's another thing. You know, I, I did a whole show on depression because there's so many people that fight it, and they think that it's a sickness and that they're less than because they're fighting depression. And I talked to a pastor about a special loved one that I have. And, I, and he said to me, he said, Sue, he goes, I fight depression. I fight it a lot, and my family has to fight it with me because it, it's putting them through it too. And so a friend of mine, God love this friend, but this friend said to me, because I had this feeling that I couldn't take drugs for this. I couldn't get medicated for this situation because, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, and being a pastor, I can't, I can't, I need to rely on God and I have to, I have to have faith and I have to just, you know, endure. And this friend of his said, pastor, if you were told that your kidney was failing, would you take medication for that? And without even hesitating, he says, of course I would. And then he said, well, why would this be any different? It's not forever. It's for a time to get things in balance, to get things you know, just situated right. That was really good. I mean, I really loved that he said that because here's a pastor saying that he struggled, you know, and he's closer to God because everybody thinks pastors are closer to God, right? I mean, God hears pastors' prayers more than us, you know, all of us other people out there, right? No, it's not true, but that's what people think. But that puts so much added pressure on a pastor, doesn't it? They need prayer. They need support. They need protection more than we do because they're doing so much good. And, you know, those that are doing more, Satan doesn't like that. So they're under attack. So pray for your pastor. Please pray for your pastor. Pray for your church. Pray for, you know, the companies. Please pray for Ecola. Pray for the services that are rendered. Pray for protection and, you know, driving and all of those things. Just, you know, pray. Pray. Go outside your own box, your own life, 
and pray for bigger. Pray for our country. Pray for our president. I know some of you don't want to do that, but I think most of us do because, you know what? He's doing a great job. I'm just saying. He's doing a, a fantastic job, and I'm very thankful for him. Um, yeah, anyway, don't get me started on that. I'm, so Jesus came to affirm who we are. Jesus didn't come to show us how lost and how broken we were. He came to affirm us how loved we were and are. Being lost was not about being orphaned in darkness. It was that we belonged all along. See, the Lord gave us freedom of choice. We're not monkeys. We're not dogs. We're people. We're human beings. And we have the choice of choosing God or not. Of choosing this road versus that road. Choosing that job, not that job. Choosing that girl, that guy, or not. We have the choice in so many things. Freedom of choice. Freedoms. America. Thank you, God. America. God bless America. God bless America. But we have the freedom to choose. He didn't want to just force us to have a relationship with him. How many of you in some way tried to be forced into a relationship? How did that work for you? I bet it didn't. You know, it has to be choice. It has to be freedom of our heart and our mind. We have to feel safe. We have to feel comfortable. Not always, because sometimes we get uncomfortable because we have to make changes that maybe aren't normal or, I don't know, comfortable, um, you know, just feel comfortable. But change is good. Change can be good. So what are you going to choose today? No matter what side of the fence you're on today, that could change by tomorrow. You know, you could be a receiving person right now, needing receiving of this, what we're talking about, or you might be the giver. Either way, the message is clear of what it is you and I are supposed to do. So the question is, what are you going to do with that information? Are you just going to listen and do nothing? Or are you going to act? Are you going to do something? You know, those that are successful, no matter what you define success as, because everybody has their own definition of what success looks like and what it is. But I know that nothing happens without motion, and we need to make a decision on what we're going to do. And if we don't, we're just pushed around with the wind and the waves and we're lukewarm if anything and so we need to make a choice we have to put our line in the sand and say what do i stand for who what am i all about what does my name stand for who am i who am i you need to know who that is and that's why the i am's again i refer back to those the i am's because you want to know who you are in christ are you victorious because Christ says you are. That's one of the I am's. I am victorious. And you might not feel victorious right now, but God says you are. Because he already fought the battle and he already won the battle. And yes, you might be fighting right now, but the battle's won. Isn't that good news? But you might not feel victorious right now, but you know what? You need to say it with your mouth for your brain to hear your words. Because your soul hears your voice better than anyone else's. I could tell you you're victorious all day long, but until you start verbalizing out loud that you are victorious, say, I am victorious right now. Say it. I am victorious. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you start saying these things, repeating these things, your brain hears it, your soul hears it, and you will start believing it. 
I am worthy. I'm loved by God. I'm his child. I'm his daughter. I'm his son. That feels so good. It feels so good to know that. So I'm going to read, and I'm just thankful for this show. I'm thankful to be able to be with you today. Don't forget about July 9th, Lunch with Susie. I hope you join me. And I want to read from this. Oh, oh gosh, I'm going to to read fast. I, the creator of the universe, am with you and for you. What more could you need? When you feel some lack, it is because you are not connecting with me at a deep level. I offer abundant life. Your part is to trust me, refusing to worry about anything. It is not so much adverse events that make you anxious as it is your thoughts about those events. Your mind engages in efforts to take control of a situation, to bring about the result you desire. Your thoughts close in on the problem like ravenous wolves, determined to make things go your way. You forget that I am in charge of your life. I have to stop now because the show's over. But I want to let you know that you can uh, read this, Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence, Sarah Young. Anyway, I want you to be a blessing to someone each and every day, and I hope this has been helpful. But reach out and be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Bye. It's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.